Hello everyone, I'm just jumping on quickly ahead of this episode to let you know that we had some technical difficulties a couple times in this show. We lost a little bit of audio, so if there's any weird little skips or gaps, uh, I do apologize and uh, hopefully it's not too intrusive. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 63. Um, we are a podcast that talks about pop culture things that we enjoy, and sometimes there are drinks. Uh, let's do the time warp again. My name is John. I'm joined by Andrea, as always. How's it going? As always and always, as we're proving tonight, <laughs> I'll always be here. <laughs> and we've got a new guest. Uh, Peter, welcome to the show. Hello. What's happening, handsome? Um, not too much. (laughs) Oh, uh, I I thought it was the mannequin behind. I know. I was going to say you're you're not talking to my buddy over here. (laughs) Yeah. We're still sure that's not your husband, right? You'll find out sometime during the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking you should just have a slingshot. And each episode, just like to the nutsack, see if he flinches. Not ah, <laughs> the mannequin. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he does Maybe. look like from this angle, he's wearing some like very tight pants. I assure you in real life, they're just like pants. But somehow <laughs> on the that's, podcast, they're snug. That's, that's not the flattering thing to say out loud. Like, oh, but on Chris, they're much tighter in certain regions. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you said it. You said it. I didn't have to. <laughs> oh, they're yeah, really loose on Chris. Outfit. <laughs> yeah. Like parachute pants. God. <laughs> oh, man. So we'll have to have fun, some fun with the mannequin as time goes on, I feel like. But I, anyways, I like your upgraded um, upgraded camera and view there. It's all looking good. That's right. That's right. So, all thanks to our producer, Alan. Yep. Hooking me up. Got the good gear. HD. Wow. HD Andrea. Watch out. Mm -hmm. That's right. Taking over. Me and and Mannequin uh, Ken over here. Ken is the name? (laughs) Yeah, Ken is the name. Yep. Uh, Not only because he looks like a Ken doll in real life, and I believe is an anatomical life-size Ken doll, too. Does he have the like molded into plastic underwear like Ken? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. All right. Um, well, Andrea, what have you been up yes. to this week that's uh, been keeping you enthralled in the entertainment space or anything? Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> uh, well, kind of, it's kind of been a grab bag kind of week. Um, even though, you know, Minnesota has been hotter than almost any place in the U.S. this week, I still ventured outside to play softball yesterday, which mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, should have like called my team and been like, no, no, can't the baby it needs me. You know, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. One of one of the other girls call us because she was in a car accident. I don't buy it. 
She was hot. <laughs> she didn't want to play. <laughs> she did it on, thing right on there. purpose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she she paid somebody to hit her car. <laughs> um nice. Extreme. But yeah, so I I play I played in the heat and then uh our team celebrated not by getting ice cream or jumping in a pool or anything logical like that. We uh we got pizza, which on a hot day just, you know, goes down not so smooth after a softball game. Yeah, it was a bad choice. <laughs> or pizza. Yeah. Who on the yeah. team hates everybody else? Whose idea was it? Our, our pitcher. <laughs> our pitcher bought us pizza. She was not, uh, apparently not loving us last night. Huh. So. How many errors did you commit? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, skip the beer. It's all hot That's pizza, right. Spicy. That's right. Yeah, only, only one of our team brought the beer, and uh, he brought enough for himself and uh, the girl who is uh, leaving town. So we all got gypped on the whole beer situation. So we just wow. had to watch enviously. Huh. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to rectify that tonight. So, there gotcha. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll get into drink holidays shortly. Um, yes. Peter, indeed. how about, yes, how about you? Anything, uh, crazy going on this week or, uh, Johnny, I thought you set me up. Like, we're going to bring you on ho-hum, no big deal. It's only on the uh, premiere of Loki day, but mm. we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> That's not the headliner, yeah. apparently. Nope. Nope. No, you gotta wait. That might have been good, but yeah, we're, uh, we are planning to cover Loki, uh, mm -hmm. so we will talk about, about that. We're not sure uh, the schedule yet, but... Um, it will be there. First impressions, non-spoiler impressions. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I just I smiled a lot, uh, enjoyed it, and that's all you're getting out of me. Okay. Nice. If you if you if you like Marvel and you, and you like the Disney Plus shows, this one, one episode in, uh, it, it's on par. Okay. And okay. you were, uh, yeah, you were saying pre-show that you're, you, yeah, you approved got, uh, of the previous yes. entries. Yep. I thought uh, WandaVision was uh, fantastic. I thought uh, mm -hmm. Captain America, uh, Captain America, oops, spoiler. Welcome <laughs> 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 Winter Soldier was excellent, uh, especially the final episode. Well, at least, at least that wasn't the worst Spoilery spoiler. I mean, if you've seen Endgame, you know, you at least right. get the idea yeah. that that's happening. Well, so, right. <laughs> yep. Send your hate well, mail to Alan when, whenever there's a question <laughs> on the show. I just, who's do, who, who wrote the opening uh, music? It's probably Alan. Right? And who's in charge <laughs> of our technical difficulties in HR? Alan. And uh, who's in charge of, if you want recipes for tonight's drinks and a transcript, it's Alan. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep no i don't think we've gotten any hate mail yet so we're doing well i guess the guy in the These chair that's alan in front of the screen and on the chair <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah andrew you uh you didn't get to watch it yet i didn't get to watch it yet no um, sadly i'm excited though playing... it's... yeah i'm too oh, busy pardon. playing softball um playing through resident evil 
and uh oh, yeah 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 um and then uh doing a little bit of reading um which like actually it's not related but it sort of made me think about it um i'm reading a book called mexican gothic and it's as the title implies like a gothic horror novel um about a woman who's like slowly going mad in this you know english manner that's been transplanted from oh yeah yeah from cool yep yep transplanted from england uh to a little town a little mining village uh, in central mexico and it is great it's super good so far Um, is it it contemporary setting or um i mean contemporary ish it's the 90s so i mean it's not like Far okay. in the past, um, and but it's the it's... 1990s, not the 1890s. Yes, <laughs> sorry. Right. Yes, um, but it's also like, like the moment you, our main character gets to this, you know, manor house, definitely like a frozen in time, you know, 1800s kind of situation for sure. Okay. So it's yeah, very yeah, like yeah. Victorian Gothic, um, but it actually made me think. What? Just like it made me think of. Uh, the movie that you apparently watched this week, John, which is The Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It. Because it's just like that, yes. like, horror setting. I did watch that movie. Um, where where do you think it falls in The Conjuring verse? Are you down? Is it the best yet? Sad entry? I think, I think that The Conjuring, the original, is, is one best. of my favorite horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Think that it's just done very very That's well a bold statement man it yeah is, it, is. it is a bold statement and it's i give it that because i actually felt scared when i first saw that like i was really mm. gripped by that film and um yeah i so since then nothing's lived up to that that standard i don't honestly Wait, remember you mean nothing well, you mean what, nothing what, what, in the, in the saying, conjuring John? verse right nothing, nothing in the conjuring oh. Okay, all right. I was like, that. that's, that's a I mean, you, statement you did, right you there. Church, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, you know, we had talked, we've talked previously on the show about um, our favorite horror movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember the list exactly, but for both of us, like Alien is up there. Mm-hmm. I think probably of all time, that's probably the one I have to pick. But oh, um, so good. So yeah, good. the Shining the and its sequel are very good, you know. Um, um, Silent Hill and The Descent are up there for me. For sure. And and you always no, liked no, the Silent Hill sequel. It's so bad. Nobody watch it. <laughs> it's got <laughs> snow though. I know, I know. He made a slew of it, terrible. No, he made a slew of terrible terrible choices to follow up Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I mean, Silent Hill yep. and then like that Pompeii. Yep. Volcano. Yep. Uh, oh God. Yeah. Awful. Awful. So no. Ori- I'm talking original Silent Hill is fantastic. How how about you, Pete? Is there uh is there a big John Yep, John Carpenter's a thing. Okay. I, nice. I, okay. I still watch that movie and when I'm done watching it, I just, I'm still trying to figure out what was happening behind the scenes not on camera right like, sure. so this is happening here but what's happening in that room and what was happening like trying to get it all pieced together and it's it's still one of the movies that's unresolved for me and 
at the very I, end. I definitely need to watch ending. it again. I, it's been that's been a while as well. There was a, a bit of time where I was trying to go through a few more uh, classic horror films that I hadn't seen. The Thing was one of those, and yep. I just don't remember it well enough. But, um, but Harry yeah. was the uh, classic horror movie I watched this year that I'd never seen before. That's solid. Harry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Johnny yeah. Travolta. Is that the surprise? Yeah. 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 That was the uh, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like. He showed a lot up of people and I don't like, realize, like, whoa, John Travolta's in this movie. Ain't right. Talks about that. Yeah, Sissy right. Stasek was amazing, right? Of course. Yeah. There's Holy yeah, smokes. there's so much in that movie that like nobody talks about. Um, but yeah, John Travolta was definitely like, uh, hey Danny Zuko, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh you are. Can can I do a side note? Can can Alan yeah. look up who played uh the main character in the Great American Hero? Because he was also in Carrie. I think he was Carrie's date, prom date. Yes. Oh my God. Hero. Who who is that yeah. guy? But he's I know I've seen him before. Stuff. Right. Yeah. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it's not Kit Harrington. Okay. I wait. I I don't know <laughs> the the Great American Hero. I don't. Know. That that's a show that old people like. Not me. Okay. The greatest Not American me. hero. The greatest American hero. Yep. Okay. 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 William. It is William Pat. Okay. Says, yeah. Okay. What else is he in? He was in. Uh, he's been he... in a lot of movies, obviously. The Man uh, yeah. from Earth. House. Carrie. Okay. That's what he's known for. He's known for four sure. movies. Court Wait. How? Like House, a movie or House the TV show? Looks like a movie, 1985. Oh, uh, interesting. Com- okay. Comedy, fantasy, horror. A troubled comedy. writer moves into a haunted house after inheriting it from his aunt. Interesting. Comedy, fantasy, horror. Okay, all right, okay. Those are words Time that to watch. Yeah. <laughs> don't really go together, but sure. Gotta watch it. No, Just like we watched yeah. um that was a horror movie from the last uh from last year we covered um uh, that they make a million repeats of Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that any good? I, that good? I enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah. Like the updated one or the original one? It just came out like oh yeah, no, there's original there's one original the one oh, from the seventies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That mm. one's really good. The updated one did not it started off promising and then it decided to like distinguish itself and took like a hard right turn into too muchville. That that is my personal opinion. Like started strong, like I could see where we were going, and then suddenly it was like way over here. So and I mean the actors I think did as well as they could do with the material, but I don't think the material was very solid. Yep. Cash grab. Well, yeah. anyways, I'd say The Conjuring was not. It was a little bit of a letdown. This newest okay. one. So, but it's free on HBO Max. So if you've got mm-hmm. it, you know why not? I guess uh, the premise sounded cool. I mean, like the first covering the first trial where like that was used as a defense. Like that sounds interesting. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, the other thing that I will. Um, say I did that we had sort of talked about in our like 
practice, not practice show, I guess. So whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> was, and I'm going to use it to transition into drink holidays. Uh, was the big Lebowski. I nice. watched Big Lebowski for the first time this week. Nice. Now. How and did you find it? It, it was, well, it was very good. It was hilarious. Um, and it, though it's not a drink holiday, I do have a white Russian. So that's nice. A, there you go. So I love it. I went, I went out of my way to, cause I don't keep Kahlua on hand. Mm-hmm. So I went and got Kahlua today. And then I was freaking out before the show because I, we didn't have any vodka. And I'm like, I just didn't even consider because. Sure. I had vodka on hand. Yeah. But I thought I'd check the fridge downstairs just in case. And sure enough, I had um, this vodka left that I had infused with cinnamon. So I have a little bit of a twist on a white Russian. It has a cinnamon infused vodka and it's instead of plain vodka. So, well, if you were going to have to pick an infusion, at least cinnamon like matches into those flavors. Yes, it does. At least it does. At least you weren't doing like Skittles infused vodka or you know what I mean? Like. Some yep. electric gummy bear or sky blue or some crazy yep. stuff. So why don't we, uh, Andrea, let us know what the drink holidays are. We'll see what you guys are yeah. drinking. And then I do have some thoughts on the Big Lebowski that I think uh, maybe we could talk about for a moment uh, before we get into a bit of news. And then um, later in the show, we're going to be talking Shadow and, the, Shadow and Bone from Netflix. That's the, the reason we've got mm-hmm. Peter on the show today. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, you're talking Lebowski. I wrote a review for Lebowski when I was uh, doing my master's program. I just sent Alan the link, like so. You can post that if you want to read about uh, the stranger nice. talking about the pot of uh, the dude. So, yeah, nice. I would have worn my. I would have worn my uh, Lebowski uh, bowling shirt. I, I was gonna say my, a bowling shirt. Yeah, I've got a can of Folgers. Somewhere in my office with Donnie's <laughs> remains. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I would have come prepared, man. That's right. Maybe Not we'll, maybe we'll have naked. to. Yeah. I, I, I thought about, because I put it, I thought about not saying anything. And then I did put it in the show notes. So I'm like, okay, I'm giving it up. It's in the show notes. So you can, it's so, I, yep. I debated between uh, like complete. I would have brought Sioux City Sarsaparilla. Cause that's oh, a good man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Well, we Andrew, it didn't look like you had Sioux City sarsaparilla. Unfortunately, no, no, man. Yeah, this could have been a whole thing going on here. We could have all all grabbed a little something from the show. Um, no, I've got my my revenge beer going on here for the beer that oh, I did man. not get to drink last night. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice. uh, it's a, a beaver brewing IPA stragger. It's very good. I like it a lot. I'm not sure why like Chris bought it at some point. I'm not sure exactly why, but good on him. It's a, it's a nice, refreshing summer beer. Is so, this where we make innuendo? <laughs> you can, yes, you well. can. All right. Wait, I was going to like cover up Ken over here. There you go. <laughs> Dirty um, jokes. Anyway. Uh, 
Good thing, good thing we're not uh, billing ourselves as too family friendly here. <laughs> uh, so, so no, so depends I'm, upon the family. That's true. That's true to each their own. I now now that uh, we're expanding our little family, you know, yes, everybody's got their own rules, man. Thank you, thank you. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'm enjoying my beer. Uh, sadly, and not in keeping with any of the holidays that are listed this week. Uh, June 12th, coming up uh, this Saturday, is both uh, World Gin Day and National Rosé Day. So those are those are the holidays that you can celebrate this week, should you choose to do so. Though I don't know that any of us are, unless Pete's got a surprise for us. Uh, I did not bring my rosé, but my wife, <laughs> she, she might come strapped. <laughs> rosé all day oh my goodness uh, we were out at uh, at an establishment after uh, midnight recently and uh, she told the server that she wanted the largest diet coke they had and a prosecco chaser and he came out with a carafe of diet coke and a <laughs> little wine glass of uh, prosecco and she took a sip and I took a picture and my God, she's in heaven. It's like the happiest <laughs> she's been. <laughs> That's cute. You want to know what dreams coming true looks like? It's that picture. <laughs> it's right that photo. I feel like it should be reversed. <laughs> Give me your largest vessel for Prosecco. You, you know, need then... to know Stephanie. <laughs> the, uh, oh, man. Both good. Both good. At that time, that's the, you know, depends upon yeah, that's the, what you the needed. time and day. Right. Yep. Yep. Sure needs of the moment so well, i feel my like drinking okay go ahead I, I thought you should have a segment andrea mine is uh what the heck is on pete's shelf yes so he's not in carbonite but he's in cardboard and so i thought <laughs> i'd break out the boba fett tiki glass oh i love it nice and oh my god we're gonna get a show here you're going to get a show. And instead of carbonite, I have whiskey cubes. Excellent. Nice. Excellent. Yep. Build this drink. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to force them out and doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so while the wife loves the Diet Coke, I, I go for the hard stuff. And it's that's uh, right. Mountain Dew. And uh, Boba Fett right. Tiki Glass. And that's my con contribution to On the Rocks. Whiskey nice. rocks. I love it. Whiskey rocks. Perfect. I like it. Yep. Yeah, really Excellent. could have. I'm sure much better out of the teak glass. <laughs> yep. It's all about yeah, the vessel. Yep. Well, for World Gin Day and National Rosé Day, I feel like I could make a good cocktail out of the combination of them. Yeah. Actually. True. So. True. Yeah. Yeah, well, you've got plenty of time. You've got a couple of days to figure that out. Saturday, June yeah. 12th. Yeah, maybe. There's a, uh extra Taekwondo event that day that I might be going to, so maybe I won't be drinking that day. <laughs> <laughs> or will oh, you yeah. be drinking more? <laughs> <laughs> John, no. you're suddenly yeah. able to take all these kicks. Like, man, <laughs> so tough today. <laughs> I mean, you are taking a lot of them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Well, maybe I'll, I'll have or, to hold down the fort. I'm supposed to this Sunday um, for Mother's Day. I got my mom tickets for the two of us to go to uh, yoga in the vineyards class. And then it comes with like a complimentary glass of wine afterwards. You know, when you're all like wrung out from twisting into a pretzel, just yeah. soothe your soothe your aching muscles with a glass. And maybe I'll have to get some rosé. And hold down the See, fort there. That's always a thing. And I never feel like wine after yoga. Yeah, I don't feel like that sounds good. I feel like I want to hydrate, like more precisely hydrate. Didn't that right. happen at the uh the vineyard where you got married, John? Didn't they have like uh Yeah, know, they do that, yeah. Sunrise yoga. Yeah, and there you a go. Giraffe. There you go. Yep. 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 It's a it's a pretty trendy thing. So I guess mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like jumping on that bandwagon. Up? Though, where mm -hmm. people literally aren't there for the yoga, they just like wearing the pants and chugging wine. I kind of think so, honestly. <laughs> like, I think I think yoga. it's like oh, right. It it's like this like little half hour class that's like oh like lay in child's pose like you know meditate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll, we'll pretend we'll do one like sun sun sequence or you know one downward dog yeah. and then oh it's wine time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like that one commercial there that some guy is talking about. I don't even know what the commercial's for, but I've seen it all the time. And this guy that clearly has never done yoga in his life is doing yoga while talking about. Oh, is it the job search thing? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you've yep. never done yoga. You just. Yeah, you just. He like has together. his yeah, hands together. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 He's like, oh, I know yes. that one. Mm hmm. So next time, is Johnny actually going to construct a cocktail during the cocktail podcast? I mean, and you know, it's like a cooking could. show, but with drinks. I feel yes. I, I think I'd want another camera to do it, you know, so I'd have a second camera to either cut to or, you know, something, something to make it more difficult for Alan. Is that <laughs> when you like put on the GoPro on your head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. And then you I'm put not, the camera on the shaker. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna move up Ken's arms so they're like holding straight out and just like put things, like put the glass in it and just like mix things, have him shake it. Yeah. It could be underneath um, the strainer. And so like this is you know, you get creative, man. I mean, <laughs> I could shoot that video, but uh yeah. it wouldn't be live. And it wouldn't be live. So yeah. All right, we have some uh, news in term. We're talking cameras. We're moving from one tech segment segments to another, I guess. Anna, you found this yeah. gaming device um, yeah. that I remember hearing about back in 2019, but it's okay. been a while. Um, well, yeah, I mean, what's happening here? Yeah, um, like everything else, you know, COVID delays uh, rendered this product um, their release date pushed out. They were going to be coming out in 2020. They announced in 2019, which is, I'm sure, where you first heard it. Um, but now it is available. Um, so it's called the Playdate. It's from Panic. And uh, it's kind of like an even more miniature Game Boy. Um, it's got oh, like the, the... What? July. Looks like, so like pre-orders go live in July. Yes, so it's coming out this year. Okay, okay, yep. Yes, yep. Um, so yeah, so it's like um, an even more miniature Game Boy. It's like just kind of a little square. It's got the classic Game Boy, like, you know, 
you got your arrows and your two buttons, but I mean, nothing else going on. And then just a giant right. screen. Um, but one of the cool things, I think, um, it's kind of both retro in the like screen is like black and white, just like old style Game Boy. Um, it's got updated games, however. But then also it's got a development site attached to it where you can create your own games specifically for the play date. So you can develop your own game, upload it, and then I believe you and other players can play it. Okay. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, you know, just to like think about developing a game for like this little handheld device seems much less daunting than like trying to do it for like a full blown gaming system. So it's kind yeah. of like a, a little thing where, you know, you could kind of dip your toe in if you were ever interested in game development. This might be the place to do it. Interesting. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this. Um, it's it, firstly, it's just a really cute device. Like it's just a it's a yeah, it's adorable. I feel like a person doesn't have the opportunity to get as many gadgets anymore as you used to, you know, mm -hmm. it used to be, Oh, I'm going to buy my camera. Oh, I'm going to buy my Walkman. Oh, I'm going to buy, you know, later it's, a, you have your GPS for your car mm -hmm. and you, you know, just like different devices. Now I have my cell phone. I have my PDA. Oh, and I'm my laptop. Mm -hmm. All these things are just like consumed by your phone now. Mm -hmm. And phones are kind of boring most of the time now. So this is a refreshing, different device. It's a throwback. It's got a it's got a little crank on the side so that yep. games can utilize a funny little different mechanism for game for their games. And Indeed. um I like the idea. It's combining a modern and uh, a more classic thing. You like as you mentioned, it's sort of trimmed down with the controls, it's black and white, but the mm -hmm. games are being sent digitally uh to the device. Um you know, and so you're you're getting a new catalog of games that will continue to grow. Right. But it's starting now, I guess. The article you shared says it has 24 games instead of 12. Yes. So double the original intended amount. So Exactly. Yeah, uh, I think this is just cool. Like, it was just a fun little announcement that um, I had never heard about, caught me completely by surprise, but just wanted to, like, throw it out there. Like you said. Sure. It's kind of fun little... Uh, gadget that you can go get your hands on if you're kind of like nostalgic for the days of Game Boy, but maybe not quite that nostalgic. Because it, it, while it is a black and white screen and it is like a, a um a nod to the, like the classic games of Game Boy, the the graphics are a little bit updated. Yeah. But is game developer going to be one of Andrea's enterprises? <laughs> one of your new undertakings yes w with a brand new baby in the house i have so much free time so, so time. you know oh. <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna add to my resume no big deal right. <laughs> uh, well i look Pete, forward do you, any, do you have any experience with uh, original game boy or um video games as of late uh, i didn't have a game boy but I go back to the uh, my first console was an Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and then the uh, Nintendo. But uh, I've got a friend who is a game developer, and he did put out an app for 
Apple and Android, uh, when Guitar Hero was huge, he was frustrated because mm. he's also a guitar player. Mm. And he said, there, there should actually be an app that teaches you to play guitar. And there are several out there, but he developed one called Guitar Fretter. And it was a way for you to learn the chords and how to progress through each chord. Um, and it had a cartoon style. And he actually had some um, music teachers reach out to him and say, this is an app that I reckon recommend to my students so mm -hmm. not nice. a first person shooter but you know it's just an idea that uh you know how can you reach people in today's day and age with the tools that we have now that we didn't have years ago and mm -hmm. it's a great way for uh yeah rob stenzinger guitar fretter there it is very cool recommend it it's fun nice awesome andrea enterprise um, so don't don't overlook this golden opportunity <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to start saying trademark after that soon and actually trademark right Andrea Enterprises. You're, I dig it. Your million dollar ideas. <laughs> well, it's definitely uh, the landscape is changing where, I mean, obviously everybody's, you know, traditionally is supposed to learn how to, to write as a major form of entertainment and information dispersion but then music classes learn to play music you know um mm -hmm. then we get more into filmmaking and video classes and stuff well we're we are getting a lot more broad uh, availability for coding um i mean okay. we're seeing something like this that's open for people but then we've had um uh the new nintendo game that's coming up i think it was called uh garage builder or what was i can't remember the name of it now but it's um it's a new Nintendo game that's designed to. We are making Alan work games. so hard with our. <laughs> I can't remember this. And then Alan's going to do the research and then we're going to look like we know exactly what they're talking about. That's right. Garage Builder. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so. It, uh, but yeah, it's it looks great. You know, uh, Apple's been gamifying in a way, they're teaching the youth how to mm -hmm. code with uh, Swift Playgrounds for the iPad. And so, I mean, it is another language that, uh, yeah, it's, it's fast becoming. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's fundamental and necessary for everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm happy it's out there. Game Builder um, Garage. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gra okay. So I missed the word. Yeah. Um, These darn cue cards. Yeah. We don't really have any other gaming news, I don't think. Um, pretty short news nope. week on that. It, it's all about to hit this next um, week. Yeah, I was gonna say tomorrow is the start of Summer Game Fest. Okay. June nice. 10th. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to the Xbox Bethesda event on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be a lot soon. I'm sure next week's episode will we'll be digging into that. Um Marvel, though, is uh, always in the news, it seems. And um, not only did Loki start today, this Wednesday, but mm -hmm. um, you found a couple other, or at least one other Marvel-related story. Yeah, I found a, a, an interesting piece on WandaVision. Um, since, you know, Loki's coming out today, and it's, I mean, I think we can all agree in general, overall, it's going to be 
one of the more fun entries um, that Marvel's going to be doing in their, you know, kind of side show, like offshoot TV series that's going on. I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier, funny moments, but overall was was pretty heavy on the drama, um, heavy on, you know, like like we're building and crafting a message. We're invested in the characters. They're facing trials. Not really a whole lot of time for just like nonstop jokes. Um, WandaVision started out funny, you know, as it would built on the premise that it's, you know, this like 50s adorable sitcom and then moved very steadily into um, exploring the world of grief, um, which this article dives into and, and talks about, you know, like WandaVision as this kind of modern day version of mythology exploring how grief and love uh, loss and rebuilding oneself are all intertwined. I thought it was just like a really cool take on a lot of, um, you know, broad themes that appear in the Marvel verse, you know, kind of like these heroes going off to find themselves. They kind of experience this birth death cycle. You know, they have to let go of their old selves and be reborn into the heroes they're supposed to become. Um, and WandaVision was kind of, Scarlet Witch's, you know, deep dive into letting a lot of her old self go and, you know, becoming a new kind of hero. Because we we saw her become Scarlet Witch in the main movies. Um, but it was just so side. It was just such like a side story that we didn't really like get to see her like have her own moment. And that's what we got to see here in WandaVision. So... That's just a lot of what the article is about. But I but I found it fascinating because WandaVision out of the two thus far has been my favorite entry mm -hmm. from Marvel. Um, and it's one that made me the most excited with spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, the arrival of White Vision and what he could mean potentially maybe sometime out in the regular Marvel verse. I have my fingers crossed. I love Paul Bettany, and he has said he'll play Vision until they don't want him to anymore. So I kind of hope that he'll show up at some point. I mean, I I know it's like far fetched. It's probably not on the top of their to do list, but I still have hope. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. I Here's always little, like to my little WandaVision rant. <laughs> I always wonder. Um, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not. But like, I remember in school going through certain books mm -hmm. uh, that we were talking about and uh, had to write a report on. And my question was, are we over? How much is intentional? It's always that balance between like, what mm -hmm. is um, what is the author's true intent and how much is like coincidental? You mm -hmm. know, there was always. And so I wonder with with Marvel, like in the writers sitting in the room, how many parallels are they trying to draw between mm -hmm. uh, mythology and their stories and how much is just hindering, like hinging on the fact that they're just structured like a classic story. They just fall into a category, sure. you know, um, mm -hmm. they're going along archetype. Trope, yeah. And so, yeah, it's not exactly like, um, Oh, we meant to draw this parallel. Sure kind of thing yeah i mean setting aside thor which is mythology right um <laughs> you 
you know, there's there's not much you can do there about being like, well, we're we're in the you know Norse mythology verse. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the comparisons seem to be a stretch in this article. Um, the the author talks about uh, Orpheus and Eurydice and how um, you know in the in the classic myth. You know, Orpheus is given leave to take Eurydice from the underworld so long as he yep. doesn't look back. And then he does, of course, and watches her fade away. The author makes a comparison to Wanda watching Vision fade away. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's it's, fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, but I'm not sure completely if it fits. Um, and like maybe a writer exactly thought about that, but but it's a, still a beautiful interpretation. The reason I question these things sometimes, or probably amongst a number of reasons, but is that you can listen to someone be interviewed about their project, what they've created, and sometimes even an actor, and sometimes you can tell they are very thoughtful about mm -hmm. what they intended the mindset they put themselves in when they're doing a role, the research they've done, whatever it may be. And then there's other people like, you know, there was a script and I read it and I did the <laughs> thing. Or the the writers, you know, they try to, they're trying to the draw, they're trying to speak to something that is barely present in in the end result. Mm -hmm. Um and so I, I wonder, you know, I, I don't know. Do you guys ever ever think of that? Like, oh, you're 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 giving them too much credit. You're drawing too many parallels for these people that probably had no idea or half an idea of what they were mm -hmm. really doing here. And it worked out for them. And you're, it's kind of like hindsight 2020. You look back and now you can make all these connections. And, and uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, as a writer, uh, I often <clears throat> just start, you know, just an idea grabs me and I go for it. And, I get really excited and I, I go for quite a long ways until I run out of steam. Mm -hmm. And then I look back at what I've written and you always feel really excited about <clears throat> what you've accomplished. And then you, and then you start noticing the parallels. So whether you intend them to be there or not, they're there. Mm -hmm. So the ones that I, I recognize, I try to, you know, put my own twist on it or at least in some way cleverly acknowledge them capitalize um, on that right <clears throat> uh with your specific reference to wandavision i mean there's a team of writers on this show mm -hmm. and i would guess there is and i'm, I'm just guessing there's at least one person in, in the room who is well versed on mythology and a lot of the stories are based on mythology so when they one person comes up with an idea, you can easily see that there's another person going, "Oh, that's just like Oedipus and Euripides." And as soon as you said that, Andrea, yeah, it's not something that I thought of while watching that episode, but I'm like, "There's a parallel there," and you know, it's yeah, not perfect. Mm -hmm. and, and it shouldn't be identical. Like, oh, he's a pillar of salt and he dissolves, and that kind of happened. Right. Spoiler alert, sorry, <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> but yes, once you say it, then I can make the connection, and then mm -hmm. you have that aha moment. And for better or worse, I mean, it's there. Like, it'd be nice to say, you know what, I had this original idea and too bad somebody thousands of years ago had the same idea. And does that right. mean I can't use it anymore? 
uh, there's a great book out there and the name of it escapes me. Sorry, Alan. <clears throat> but it basically said that there's uh, 38 different plots. That's it. You can distill mm. every story in every language and they will fit into one of 38 different plots. Stranger comes to town. Okay. I mean, that's it. That's several hundred, if not thousands of different, you know, stories, whether novels or, or movies. <clears throat> so we can pick it apart and say, Oh, wave, wave our finger. But at the same time, it's so incredibly difficult to do something completely original. It's the details mm -hmm. yep. that are going to separate it more than the overarching plot lines and the archetypal right. characters. Sure. And can they, can they, can they, you know, move you in a certain way? Can they, you know, piss mm -hmm. you off, make you laugh, you know, make you have the aha moment. And like, sure, mm -hmm. we can all share in that, uh, whether we, you know, appreciate it or go, mm, I would have done it differently and sure. it would have resonated with me in a different way. So, yeah, but that's just totally. uh, some guy in his office rambling and saying, I, I write. No, I, no, I, it, it's, you know, and it speaks maybe to, you know, the way we're wired and the way we think and the way we appreciate uh, drama and stories, like almost on a biological level, maybe mm -hmm. that this, these are the kinds of stories we can write and that resonate mm -hmm. with us. And that maybe that mm -hmm. is, is finite. And I will use it to me. It relates to this next topic. Yeah. Um, we can jump back and forth. If we need to, whatever, but, um, something you said, um, worked well with this. So I found this story, it's been going around stuff about how the demand for manga and anime year over year has skyrocketed. Um, mm -hmm. It's up 30 plus percent. Um, and in the meantime, Western comics um, are on the downslide, uh, mm -hmm. at least at least from the big players. And there is a myriad, I'm sure, of factors in this. Um, but one of those things I think might be the reason is that, and Andrea and I've talked about this on the show a lot, is the complete absence of creativity in, well, often in Hollywood, but, uh, I certainly think in the Marvel and DC comic book space. And when you talk about something where we do is have say we have 38 stories that can be told how many times. Okay, there, Alan found it. Oh, you found it. Oh, sorry. 36 Dramatic Situations by oh, George okay, Pulte. So 36. How many times can you tell those same things but have it be Batman? Every sports movie is an underdog, okay? So there's one, you know, <laughs> yep. plot or one story, right? So every sports movie is the underdog. Mm-hmm a newer thing like uh demon slayer these things are they're different they're varied and people are are craving these new stories mm -hmm. you know and they're um so i'd almost know, i'd almost argue like it, it's um it's like my mom wanting to go to a new restaurant but still ordering a hamburger right they want something <laughs> new but familiar yes so they want something new they want they want cart they want anime right or mm -hmm. comics right but they want something new so they can tell the same you know like 
teen angsty Spider-Man type story, but now it's with uh, uh, My Hero Academia. Like, oh no, I'm a yep. I'm a kid who doesn't have any powers, and then suddenly I have mm-hmm. all the powers, but I got to keep it a secret. Sure. Uh, it's there are there are parallels. I'm not saying they're identical, but yeah, it's no, I get you. New but familiar. Yep. We well, have a vampire story with the uh, Demon Slayer, but it's not, you know, the House of Dracula. It's not Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but it's you know got a twist on it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just gonna say, like to your point, John, about you know, you need to do something well, otherwise you're going to be telling the same exact stories over and over again. I mean, not to belabor this like I think we do, but it's still true. Marvel's moving into a new phase. They're taking a chance on something new. They've given us Iron Man. They've given us Captain America. They've given us Thor. That's done now. And they're going to be moving into a new phase. Like, they're going to be doing, you know, like Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Eternals, like stuff that people haven't heard of before, because they've done purchased right. right, Because people are satisfied with the job that they've done, you know, taking us with these familiar characters to a point. DC has not seen that same success, so that's why they keep trying to throw stuff at the wall, like and hope it sticks, like. Exactly. Rebooting a Batman because they haven't done a good job and people aren't satisfied. So they keep having to start over and instead of saying like, listen, we know how to tell a story. We've shown you that we can do it. Now come and take a chance with us on these new characters. Even if it's, you know, it's, it's again, like you're talking about Pete, like a, it's a familiarity. Oh, you know us, you know our brand, but it's a new character. That's what Marvel can do. Marvel can say, we're familiar because we're Marvel and we have a specific type of storytelling that you enjoy. Now let us take that and put it on a new character. So you're, you know, like your mom wants to go to a new restaurant. We want a new character, but we also want the familiar. We want the familiar setup of the story. Is that like my analogy kind of working there? (laughs) Wait, and then exactly is proves the point further is that Marvel in the cinematic universe has proven themselves so they can mm-hmm. do this and yeah. people and and if and if these flop if they fail they they won't do well so it does hinge on the the quality of the writing mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. when these movies are bigger than ever the comic books from Marvel are faltering terribly they should be boosting sales. So right. Marvel Comics have not been able to tell these stories of Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. of the Eternals and different things and, and have them blow up, have them become a right. My Hero Academia because they, they're terrible at doing it. Their stories well, aren't any good. So, so the Demon Slayer stories, the, the publishing is selling is what you're saying. Right. In the United States? In the United States, it's dominating Western comic book sales. You know, it's funny during the, you know, recently the Demon Slayer movie came out and was like the number one movie mm-hmm. in America. <laughs> I was like, I yeah. would see that in the theater, you know, if, you know under yeah. other circumstances at the time, but I would check it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Going, going back to Marvel, that's surprising me because I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be the movie that ruined the MCU 
I agree. Franchises. Like, what a big swing. I, up until that point, I was familiar with all of the comic comics mm-hmm. and, and the heroes. And I'd just heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And Rocket Raccoon was a joke. And mm-hmm, Star-Lord right. didn't do anything for me. Like, you guys are just killing yourselves. And then they proved me wrong. Like, I laughed so hard. Yeah, they did it right. And mm-hmm. you know, the second movie, fantastic. And just a welcome addition. So now I trust them when it comes to movie making. I'm just surprised mm-hmm. that the comic sales haven't followed. Like they haven't the, followed because they're not they don't have the same quality quality control, the same level of sophistication oh, as the uh, films. You know, that's my that's is, that to me is bad. the only thing it can because everybody seems so the my point of bringing this up is that it is mm. there's this myth that people don't want to buy comics anymore. People aren't interested in comics. Okay. It's not a thing. Okay. We can't do it. And we can't, and we definitely can't sell books that are new things that aren't different, you know, that are different properties. And manga is disproving that hardcore. And right. so when when Marvel's movies are doing so well, their comics should equally be doing well. When you can see how well comics do sell and how well there's how much of a demand there is for comic books. Mm-hmm. I mean that, and that's you know I don't know about the rest of the world, but in Japan and and then in in America for sure. So mm-hmm. I just think that I think that there's a time coming almost where the you know, we see that the comic division of DC has been dramatically lesson it's dwindling it's far less important to them now we'll see what mm-hmm. happens being time warner's being spun off from at&t right. maybe things change but they're they're letting their coming comic industry die it, will marvel do the same thing because they failed to give people content they're looking for they fail to hire fire writers that aren't giving delivering sales for them and get new ones in there fresh blood um mm-hmm. Or were they like, you know, we don't, it doesn't matter. We have a back catalog and what's important to us is our movies. So we're going to pull from the back well, catalog and make movies. To be fair, if you can make a movie that sell, you know, it's, earns $1.5 and you can, you know, make comic books that I don't even know what the, at the, the height. I don't think they were pulling in a billion, you know, mm-hmm. adjustment, but I don't know that that's. It's not fair to make that comparison without having that information. You know, they mm-hmm. their bread and butter used to be the print, and that that was yep. it. And they would farm out the uh, the characters to a variety right. of movie um, companies, but then they realized they could make more money doing it themselves right. if they did it right. And God bless them, they did. Mm-hmm. So, and that's you lose part your... of the reason they pulled back on the X Men is because they didn't have the rights to X Men. That was mm-hmm. yep. Fox, right? Right. Yep. So they they stopped. They said we're not gonna come up with any new characters. It is gonna be all retread. I mean, try to create new stories with existing characters. <clears throat> and then when we get the property back, then you're gonna see more. It innovation. did change. It yeah, changed once, almost right away. One of some of my the, like, the only did. stuff I've enjoyed in Marvel was when they they made that deal. They got X Men back. They brought on Jonathan Hickman whole new start oh. and the big storyline for X-Men. And it's like petered out now or whatever, you know, but the first core couple graphic novels, great, mm-hmm. excellent stuff. So 
Yeah. I sort of wonder if Marvel might refocus some of their attention to, you know, the comic book arena once this next phase successfully launches. I just feel like they have so much invested in making sure this next phase of the MCU doesn't crash and burn that I just wonder if like it's like all hands on deck to finally launch that and like see it be, you know, at least a measure of success that the first phase of the MCU has been and then they can just be like, all right, fine, we're not like a one hit wonder, even though, you know. It's like a whole universe that they created yeah. of hits. But but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we we don't just have the capability to do this with Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. We have the capability to do this with, you know, the lesser known material. Now we can breathe easy and maybe refocus some of our attention. I won't hold my breath. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a theory. It's, you know. The Venom, it's, Johnny. It's, Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. But well, it's it's certainly you know more. I mean, as plausible as anything out there. The Japanese anime is 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 the shiny new toy right now, and eventually mm-hmm. the next generation might go. Oh, you know what? That's boring. And then oh, look at all this old stuff that's cool now. So, could be a blip or it could be something greater. And time will tell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we do seem well, to go in cycles of like, what's the hot thing? Like, oh, is it vampires? Is it superheroes? Now is it anime? Like, who knows? See, but that's the thing, is that anime and manga covers those bases no matter what. Like, if the hot thing so is So do vampires, Marvel Comics. Yeah, but Marvel Comics. Do they? Vamp- yeah, like, they do. I mean, like, they come up with, what's the, what's the new big vampire comic from marvel or dc blade that's not new they and they didn't there's not been a resurgence of blade i know they're gonna do a movie it's coming right no it's coming as a movie i'm telling you because it's the movies that they focus on and hire talent for and they Mm -hmm. let a bunch of hacks write books for them I answered your question and you shot it down. I gave you an example. (laughs) One one, one piece of evidence still counts, right? Yeah. Look, Blade's great. I'm just saying it wasn't a response to the vampire, like, um, because Blade's been around for a long time, you know, and and we didn't. Right. So Blade was popular. Popularity waned. Okay. Now they're rebooting it. It's been a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And they will. Yeah, hopefully do a great job because I thought, you know, there was a Blade TV show on on Spike Network. Nobody else oh, God. Right. oh, Spike. Yeah. Oh, Spike's, Spike's had some truly awful adaptations of some of my favorite things. But in that oh, really? incarnation of Blade, they mentioned yes. Mark Spector. So if they season did. two would have happened, Moon Knight would have been with Blade so... season two of Blade. So I'm so I'm talking I'm talking Blade and I'm also talking Dresden Files. They put out like a truly truly awful awful adaptation of that that just like broke my heart because they they got the most basic things wrong, including the main character and what he's supposed to look like. So, oops. Just just saying, Spike TV. Try again. I think I'm gonna bring this up again. Um, probably in Shadow and Bone. Um, okay. When we get to it here. 
because I am, <laughs> I'm, I'm finding that, you know, the fans always get screwed. So it's best to not, to be a fan of one thing because. Oh, you mean if, like, if don't, you weren't a don't fan read the books? Of Dresden, right. If you weren't a fan of their uh, source material, you wouldn't have, because I have a feeling that if I was a fan, a diehard fan of Shadow mm -hmm. and Bone, probably Let's the show might it. not be. Okay. <laughs> We're at the one sure, yeah. mark, and we've been teasing Shadow and Bone from Let's do moment it. one. And yep, Let's you, jump have a right very, in. you have a very good point, John. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I am, so Shadow and Bone, spoilers for Shadow and Bone from Netflix. I have not read any of the books uh for what from which Field. is based I, but there's Andrew shame has. on my house that i have not read it either and okay <laughs> <clears throat> it's it all right i mean I've, o I've only read the first two um i haven't exactly read the entire uh trilogy and i haven't read like the offshoots in uh what is known as the grisha verse by leah bardugo the grisha verse okay right. yes mm -hmm. okay so I got a later start on this. Uh, both of you kind of came at me and said, hey, this is really, this is a cool looking show. So mm -hmm. then I um, jumped on it. Uh, start with our... resistant. <laughs> I didn't I didn't need a new show, but it was brand new <laughs> okay. on Netflix. And I'm like, I'll give it a shot. And I watched the first half. I'm like, uh... I'm going to like this. I wasn't ready to like it. I wasn't ready to invest time and in, in binging mm -hmm. it, but cancel all other plans. This is really good. Yes. I agree. And it, I mean, who hasn't read the books to someone who has, it is very good. My, okay. my criticisms of the show, like coming from a book standpoint are, are I think fairly minimal. There's only maybe one um, that I'm, I'm disappointed about, but it's not like enough to turn me off the show and we can, and, and as it happens in the finale, I can talk about it later, but overall, didn't like, you, Oh, didn't you do yeah. it show first and then read him? No. Mm -mm. Oh, okay. No, I had mentioned the show because I found it first, um, mm. and was excited about it and then read like spoiler free reviews that were all saying, um, the show is better than the book. The show is better than the book. And as someone who always like loves the book more, I was like, whoa, like I have to now read the book and watch the show and see what I think. So I did hold off on the show and read the book first. Good for you. <laughs> it was tough. I was very excited. And like, who doesn't just like love a good Netflix binge, like settling down, you know, getting in and being like, I'm about to, you know, go crazy on this, you know, show and go eight hours, no breaks. But uh, no, I read the book. I was patient. All right. So in the end, would you, you would agree or know that if the show is better than the source? So I, I actually would say the show does a lot of things better than the books, including, I think, set a bit of a more mature tone. Um, the books are young adult um, 
So, you know, I mean, they're obviously geared towards a certain audience and they're not going to be like fully adults, you know, fully mature. You're still going to get that like teen angst, you know. Um, and I think that's a little too present in the books. Um, be distracting at times, you know, coming from an adult perspective, sometimes it's hard to like remember what it was like as a teen and i think this show does like a nice job of like not staying too long in like angsty emo teenness um and it is nice uh that this show is definitely like multi-perspective whereas in the books we only get alina's perspective Mm. so a lot of the agency that other characters are given in the show especially mal we don't get to see that we just that is an improvement that is a big improvement yeah yeah so i i really appreciated that not only uh mal's character felt expanded and enriched and not in like a forced way but also like there there were other characters that i felt had more to do other of the grisha had more responsibilities had their own autonomy uh zoya was a more fully fleshed out character in the show um, in the books, we're seeing her as like Alina's foil, and that's all we get. There's no like redemptive qualities. So there, there was a lot more heft, I thought, to the show that I enjoyed. So, so even the scenes with the the dregs and they're like coming up with their idea to like how they're gonna you know get across the the fold. Yeah. So all of that is not in the main Shadow and Bone trilogy. Wow. That's oh, in yeah, you're that's right. in you're right. Yep, okay. that's in Six of Crows. Uh yeah, yeah. and that's okay. that's I believe where the show gets the name for the characters, like they're the crows in the in the show. Sure. Um instead of the dregs, which I thought was interesting. An interesting change. Right. Hmm. So uh, are you versed then in the uh like is there are there more books in this? universe than these two series there's one other series that i do forget the name of apologies i just looked it up and then now i've forgotten it well either way this requires quite a bit of work for adaptation then pretty not uh not yeah. very straight line um and i uh, i appreciate a show where i'm never it's it's difficult when you have a show that with multiple perspectives to not be bored with someone. And I yeah. don't think oh. that I was bored with someone. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed any time we switched. You know, there is, I, I'm trying to think of a, of a show in the past as a, as a good example, but plenty of times, especially a show you would have to watch weekly, it's like, oh, this week we're focusing on these guys. Come on now. Yep. You know? No, there was a show, I, I don't want to name names, but watch name the names. season three premiere the season three premiere and this character came on. I'm like, Oh, don't want to watch this character. The second character came on. I'm like, hate this one too. Third one came on. I'm like, why am I even watching this show? I realized I, 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 I was watching this. I was hate watching the show because I like lost the other show. It was spun off on from so much. And yeah, that was, that was it. Yeah. Now I, now I really need to know you got to name some names. Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, Fraser. Fraser. How dare you, no. Alan? <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh. <laughs> 
And who's the head writer of your podcast? It's Alan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, season three is like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm done with each and every one of you. Um, and then I think it was season four was then they brought in like a whole new cast. And by then I was like, mm -hmm. too bad. I'm done with it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yep. No, it, it makes a big difference. And I, I was in, I was invested in everyone's story. I wanted to ask, um, I don't, I don't know which best way to tackle the show. Um, I guess I should say I appreciate the complexity that mm -hmm. uh, we're given and we're thrown in. I don't know what's happening. I don't know the geopolitical situation, uh, who I should be for, you know, who, who I really agree with or not. And we get some more clarity as things go on, but it still remains um, complicated, you know? Oh, yeah. no, I, it's a really good universe. I was really impressed with the uh, the political aspect, as you mentioned. There, <clears throat> there's war, and then there's fractions within the uh, the armies and uh, personal agendas, and then the technology. And you, I love seeing that. You know, as a writer, it's you know, I think a lot of people had that similar idea, like. You have magic and you have technology. And what happens when you have technology at a very uh, remedial level and as it advances and it closes the gap with magic, and that's very mm -hmm. powerful to see. And I seeing this realized on screen, you know, just in the, man, I should like generate my own ideas faster because that uh, how they how they did it uh, was was really impressive. Mm -hmm. Yep. I won't. They're, yeah, I want to don't want to give away too many spoilers, but it really comes to a head in one scene where like there's a showdown and it uh, it's not uh... we're full spoilers <clears throat> for Shadow and Bone. You can yeah. get away yep. whatever whatever you want. If you're watching this now and you have not seen Shadow and Bone on Netflix all the way through, turn it off. Don't when they, uh, when if they you're if the, you're uh... ignoring our giant red spoilers. <laughs> Warning, the then the it's on you. Is what I'm talking yes. about. And then there's sure. like yeah, the wizards and the gunmen are like, the wizards are like, you should back down. And the gunmen are like, are you sure? And then the wizards walk away. I'm like, that was a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, Kingdom of Science wins. Yep. Dr. Stone's fantastic, side note. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A good Around show. My house, I, I quite enjoy. Kingdom of Science, but yeah, I digress. Well, this show reminds me of actually of two anime. Uh, I wrote in the notes, uh, Full Metal yeah. Alchemist mm -hmm. for one. Um, okay. It has this sim, a sort of a steampunk vibe. It is definitely yes. I I felt it early with its yep. just that aesthetic, but then when it's like, oh, this is alchemy, basically. Um, so it went further into that and sort of. Uh, combination of it's this this world where it's warring factions in a similar aesthetic dealing with alchemy it's like this is very in that in that genre very very mm -hmm. similar um and then i was also reminded of rising of the shield hero which um is less similar in a lot of ways but just in the struggle of our our protagonist um and the way mm -hmm. that they're treated sure. um and uh had me thinking of that, but, but yeah, I, I liked the aesthetic. I, I, I thought that kind of the taking bits and pieces from our history 
and the, mm -hmm. the certain Russian aesthetics and our military garb and everything, but then adding a bit of like um, Western steampunky Steampunk. elements, a little Victorian. Yep. 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 Like I, our I our just... crows were very like, you know, Victorian England Industrial Revolution, you know, kind of blending a lot of different elements, but somehow they work. You know, yeah. that's tough to do. The, ex the execution is good. The, uh, because you can have an idea, and even if it's a blatant ripoff copy of something earlier, if you use it correctly, it doesn't feel so egregious. You know, John said earlier he never watched the original Voltron. But back then, it was like you have the uh, Earth lion and the water lion and the fire and so you have all the elements right and then lightning and then fast forward a couple of years and then there's the power rangers and it's the same type of thing where you have the four elements and then you yep. go to avatar and it's the four elements and there was like everything is like it's the elements it's the elements like i'm tired yeah. of you can only <laughs> be a firebender and then the waterbender yeah. And then an earth bender and mm -hmm. and then oh suddenly there's a lightning bender so exactly where you saw uh the full metal alchemist i was seeing avatar but it didn't bother me because they did it with their own uh yeah. flavor uh mm -hmm. their own rules of magic and where it comes from rather than uh you know how it was done in in the show and then fast forward it with uh, the second uh, evolution of Airbender of Avatar, and it was Korra, and you saw the advance of technology there as well, which at first mm -hmm. I didn't like. Like, I don't want them to be in cars necessarily, and I didn't want mm -hmm. them right. to have an industrial revolution. Right. And suddenly we've got, you know, mechas, spoiler alert. <clears throat> but, mm -hmm. uh, and this, it was, uh, it was, it was the, how it was executed. And I, did, I keep repeating myself. I apologize. Uh, yeah. How they did it. I followed it so I could continue my suspension of disbelief and not mm -hmm. be like, mm, you're repeating something I've seen re in the past often, but you did mm -hmm. it in such a way that <clears throat> I enjoyed it. It kept me impressed because he never had, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> the, uh, the the chosen one the sun goddess mm -hmm. right who mm -hmm. would be the one to remove the void so <clears throat> there was enough originality in my opinion to yeah. keep it fresh and compelling i agree i think also i mean to to speak to the to the elements aspect of it i think that it helped not showing all the elements you know we really saw grisha that worked with fire and that worked with air we didn't see, you know, Grisha working with water or earth. So it wasn't so much like, oh, you have, you know, ele elemental Grishas. You know, it was like, okay, we have like some elements. And now we have the Grisha that can work, you know, like with the sun and the light. But then we also had Grisha that were more focused on like the human body, like the Nina. Heart, the the heart heartbender. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. David. Um, who's our fabricator, who's more interested in like, you oh, know, right. what, what can this magic, you know, what can I, what can I sew into creation with this magic? You know, what can I build? But not necessarily like, oh, let me like use water crystals to, you know, X, Y, and Z. 
So there was enough of like a little bit of a spin that we didn't have to be like, ah, I've seen this. Like this is yep. done. Like just like you were saying, like this is a twist and it's interesting. That brings up something that uh, I was that came to mind mm-hmm. when we're talking about ancient mythology <clears throat> and based yeah. on and history with that um, fabricating. Mm-hmm. There used to be something in it called a salamander wool. Like, what the heck is that? Well, in, in Greece, the fire salamander was this creature who lived in yeah. fire and could breathe fire. And that's a salamander. It doesn't have any wool. So it was like a big joke. <clears throat> um, well, salamander wool is actually asbestos. <laughs> and they claim, and they would put asbestos into your clothing and then it would be fire resistant. And they would call that salamander wool because it was fire resistant like a salamander. And then mm-hmm. you put the stuff that'll protect you from fire and then is very carcinogenic. And... But anyway, <laughs> I thought that was uh, interesting how they could uh, you know, potentially draw on that, on examples similar to that and come up with something right. that seemed magical but was based on science. Right, right, right. Yeah, I liked I liked that blending, but it's it's not to the point, you know, like you were saying how like, oh, I don't want to see my magicians are riding around in cars like, no, this is just like magical aids and tools rather than like suddenly, you know, our Grisha are riding around instead of they're sailing through the through the fold in a in a wind powered skiff. We're not like speeding through on a speedboat or something. Just something that's like totally odd and out of place. It just, it fit. Mm -hmm. Another thing I think shows have trouble with or anything that's written that um, deals with a lot of characters is unbelievable motivation, you Mm -hmm. know, as Mm -hmm. opposed to Mm -hmm. using people as tools to get someplace because we need a tool to get someplace. Um, Something that actually fits and and makes sense. And I think Mm -hmm. they did a pretty good job with that. Everybody having their their goal their vice you know we saw see a gambling vice but why is why is he involved or what is what is his point and then mm-hmm. you know having um see the frustrating in- archetype of the reluctant hero i just want yep. to be the nobody alina like well mm-hmm. no yep. you're you're not you're not only somebody you are the somebody but uh exactly like now Yep. Are we in love? I don't know. <laughs> and and so, so with their with their goals, I feel like they acted in accordance yeah. to achieving their goals in a believable way for the most part. And so I appreciate that as well. Um, I think maybe if there was one that was a little um I was a little less sure on, it would be the um the woman Nina and Matthias. the witch Matthias. hunter. Yeah, Matthias. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though I enjoyed that, it did feel uh, more separate. And mm-hmm. I thought maybe his transition to, okay, I like you. Maybe that, you know, if I had to pick on something, maybe that mm-hmm. was less believable. Well, the introduction well, of her character and that that whole plot line did seem wedged in because we're heavily invested in the main storyline and the storyline of the crows 
and what's going on there. And then kind of out of the blue, we're like, oh, and then here's this woman, spoiler alert, <laughs> getting abducted. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, but no, don't, I got enough to focus on over here. I don't need like a fourth plot line, but they kept coming and I enjoyed it, but it did seem forced a little bit. And um, Well, and like I, Pete and I were talking before, it's, I feel like it's probably a consequence of the fact that it's not in the original shadow and bone trilogy. It's, it's part of this, you know, dual universe that's set within the Grishaverse. It's part of the six of crows trilogy. Um, and where, you know, maybe importing the crows storyline works, you know, importing a second storyline from like a parallel um a parallel yeah. trilogy is is just not gonna fit as neatly like you can only Legit, get one yeah. in there naturally and then like now like pizza and you're kind of wedging this one in yeah, the jumping off point wasn't seamless but i will yeah. say the the payoff at the end of the first was great. season all is forgiven yeah, I think again, and maybe I, I might end up watching a lot of it again because uh, Ashley didn't watch it with me and she saw a little bit as I was going and, and actually was interested. And I said, yeah, I think you'll like it. So mm-hmm. she's probably going to watch through it. And I'm wondering what I'll see a second go through, because sure. to me, all that would need to happen probably with that storyline is to drill home a little bit more the importance of Nina and the fact yeah. that she is she was she's missing and being sought after by the black general. And mm-hmm. I know that was mentioned, but like me mm-hmm. going through it, it first, not for knowing sure. I didn't, it didn't, when I saw her, I didn't get the importance of her yep. until yeah. much later. Agreed. So, um, so when John writes his successful series, he'll keep this in mind and think of how can we uh, do that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yes. My successful series is uh, is D and D. If if people like, it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I I, I, uh, I might watch this show through a second time as well. Similarly, Chris kind of wandered in in, in the last few episodes and was was hooked in a little bit, um, mostly because he he looked at the Black General General Kerrigan and was like, "Who is he?" and I was like thinking we just reorganized our bookshelf and Chris was like all hyped up on uh, Chronicles of Narnia. So I was like, oh, he's Caspian. Caspian. And really? Yeah, he looked at me and he was like, he wasn't getting it. And I was like, okay, try again. Uh, he's the man in black's best friend from Westworld. And then he's like, yeah, exactly. Um, Westworld. <laughs> but he doesn't look anything look like the guy from Westworld. He, I mean, he doesn't. You could still tell. But he looks like him. Prince Caspian. But he, yeah, he totally looks like Prince Caspian. So that's where I thought I was gonna get him with that, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, fallback, I guess, is Westworld. But well, I, I had no idea. I mean, I haven't seen the Narnia stuff in a long time, so I definitely mm-hmm. had no idea there. Yeah. Um, but while uh, we're Caspian. on the topic of. Uh, Ben Barnes, um, yeah. or Bears, however you say it. Um, so I have a question. Do you think typecasting is a problem? Because I you didn't do. know. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Yeah, he look was at the way John framed that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't. It, it didn't bother me, but it definitely made me because I know him in two things where he's a bad dude. That's and where I know him. Other, what's, wait, what's the other thing? Uh, Punisher. Punisher. Oh, oh he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Or what was the guy's name? The Jigsaw. Uh, Jigsaw. What was, no. what was his name in Punisher? It's, yeah, uh, Billy. Um, Billy Russo. Yeah, but he's got a villain name. Oh, he's the guy. Sure. Who, yeah, he's the guy yeah. got his face all. Yeah, yeah. Alan, up, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Alan's got Billy Russo from The Punisher, but what's, yeah, what's his, uh, what's his, yeah, villain name? Anyway. Well, anyways, spoilers for, I, I for the about Punisher. That, so. My point is that I, I have, the only things I've seen him from, he is a bad guy. So the whole time, I'm like. Liar, though. Is, well, You've yes. You've seen Narnia, you just forgot. From. Yeah. Only one of them, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going through. It, it is, is okay. Jigsaw? Okay. Because he got because at the end spoiler <laughs> at the end of uh oh, yeah, there one you go. Punisher, he pushes his face into the mirror and it gets all slashed up, yeah. right? And yeah. so his face looks like a That's jigsaw. Right. That's Long right. before the Saw series. Right, right. Yeah. He he was the arch uh Right. Well, that's what that's what was making me doubt it. Like you said it, and I thought it was right, and then I immediately thought of the Saw series, and was like, "No, no, it can't be." Don't right. ever doubt me I'm again. Wrong. <laughs> I doubted myself too. It's like it's Jigsaw, wait, I and I just saw the Jigsaw movie, hmm. the new one, Spiral. Oh, how's that? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Might uh, might might have telegraphed uh, the ending a little bit, but still, you know. If you like all right. the other ones, I think you'll enjoy this one too. Okay, because yeah. it's got okay. it's got Chris Rock in it, and Chris Rock's hilarious. Sure. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson does a fine job as well. So <laughs> Samuel L. He is in take, everything. Take my five to ten dollars and give me two hours of entertainment, and we're all gonna win. So we're square. All right. Yeah. So you guys, I take it then, did not have a problem with no seeing. No. Like so, what did you think of the black I, but, general as you went? What as you went along? I, what, what, how see, here's here's. Oh, I was just gonna say here's here's my problem. I already knew what was gonna happen because I read the book. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So there. So was no, I didn't like, think like oh but, typecasting. I just was like I know what's gonna happen. For me, it was the okay. opposite because I said he was Prince Caspian. I'm like oh he must be a good guy. Okay. And then I looked him up because I'm like God he's what else has he been in? And I saw oh he was the good bad guy from mm -hmm. westworld i'm like yeah hold on yep and impressive because okay. i loved him in westworld and yes. narnia was okay yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah it's fine <laughs> um uh, yeah no i i knew what was gonna happen so i didn't think like typecasting i also but i also like enjoyed the early moments where i was like oh Oh, everybody doesn't know yet you know what i mean like it didn't right, hamper yeah, my yeah. enjoyment yeah. of the story to like you know that i knew where it was going i was still like they're doing such a good job with this like it's hard not to telegraph where you're gonna go especially you know with somebody like the black general like you know 
call, calling him the black general or like dressing all in black. Like it's so, you know, they did a good job <laughs> of being like, despite these markers, like he could still be right. a good guy. Yeah. No, I, no, I, I, agree. Think, I, I think we knew he was going to be a bad guy. At some point, <laughs> you know, but what's that he, point? And I, 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 yeah. Well, I and like how bad was he going to be? You know forth. what I mean? Like, was it, and was it going to be like, right? you know, like, was it, was it going to be like, oh, he's just not telling her part of the thing. And, you know, like yep. he's deceiving her for something or is it like full on, like, no, he's totally awful. Like he is at the end. And, you know, doesn't care that he turned millions of, you know, men, women, and children into these, like, horrible, twisted creatures right. and wants to do it again. You know what I mean? Like, it could just be, like, oh, he's a tortured soul. Or, yeah, he's, no, he's a murderer. If we go back to the Marvel analogies, he's Magneto. Right? I was just going to say that. Exactly. Well, yeah. I beat you to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He might have turned people into, oh, spoiler alert, uh, into winged demons, right? But they weren't Grisha, right? Yes. There were people coming to kill him and people like him. So fight fire with fire. Right? Don't be yeah. mad because I beat yep. you to it first. You were coming at me with fire and pitchforks. Well, were there Gre there could have been Grisha ca caught in the crossfire there. Obviously, in mm -hmm. the, the immediate area, it was the people no, coming yeah. after him. But in the area that expanded in such a, right. you know. But. Right. Well, and and to Pete's point, like, yes, absolutely. Like there's there's no um, there's there's an element of sympathy and there's room for, you know, you came at me first and, you know, I'm defending myself. Yep. I'm defending this group of people that you're persecuting. Absolutely. For sure. And that's why I think they shared this part of the backstory early um, in the yeah. series. You know, to be like, yeah, he's not just like completely irredeemable. Like, you know, he was pushed to this. Absolutely. Totally. It's, it's what like comes Chris Rock after. Said, Chris Rock said, I ain't saying he should have done it, but I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. there's there's absolutely reasons for this. But it's, you know, our final episodes where we're seeing him be like, yeah, I could expand the fold. I can do whatever the hell I want with it. I could, you know, make more of these things. I'm going to take them with me. Like, that's the point you where you're like, yeah. creeping up to the, to the line of spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Well, I'm I'm fully spoiler protected. <laughs> if, again, if anybody's ignoring the big red sign that says spoilers in the middle of our, our picture here, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> Yeah, the I and I still think he had, um, you know, when we saw his backstory, and then we got the way it went down, and I, I thought that hey, his mom was actually was actually a little unfair in this in this situation, and in in the way that that he was treated, and the way that she, you know, so the view the view that she gave to our protagonist in present day felt a little slanted and and different mm -hmm. than what we actually got and saw in uh, in in the past. So it made me like, you know, I'm just not 100% on his mom's side. Mm -hmm. I see where he's coming from and it still made me like is he, you know, is he as you draw, you know, a parallel to Magneto, really does believe in what he's doing, mm -hmm. you know, or is he just getting so far corrupted with 
uh, the idea of power. Mm-hmm. Because someone like Magneto, I never felt really, at least in what I've read, has not waded into that where mm-hmm. I just desire power and I have so much of it, therefore I will take more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always like still sticking to the the goal, to the mm-hmm. to the his creed. Well, we see where the um, uh, general gets his propensity for half truths and half stories. His yeah, mom, sure. obviously, Bagra tells Alina a half story about him, and then he tells Alina a half story about himself. And shout out, which to is his a mother, lie. The Quidditch flight instructor. Yes, Madam um, Hooch. Very, was very excited she was in there. Um, let's see. Any other like problems with the show? Complaints? Something they should have done differently? So so here's what I was alluding to earlier, which is my main complaint with the show. Um, I I had spoken earlier about how I liked that um, the characters were given more agency in the show. You know, they had a lot more to do, especially Mal had a lot more um, to do in the show. He had a lot more of his own character. Um, like he's he's got um, letters he's writing to Alina and we see that they aren't being received, whereas in the book, we're only seeing, like, Alina's side of it. So we're sitting there, like, you know, being like, Mal, what are you doing, you, you know, giant jerk? Um, so I, I like that there's a lot more agency there in that character. The one thing that I really didn't like is the final showdown with General Kerrigan. Final showdown for this season, anyway. Um, we see that, you know... All of our characters are going up against him. But in the end, it's Kirigan and Mal that are pushed over the skiff. And they're the ones dueling it out in this, like, final epic battle between themselves. And Mal is the one who, like, pushes Kirigan into the darkness where he's grabbed by the Volcra. In the book series, this is Alina. Alina does all of that. And I hmm. think... I think it's a really big missed opportunity in terms of character growth for her because it's it's all tied into that moment of like breaking free of the collar and recognizing her own power, recognizing what what the true source of herself is, who she is, what she can do and how much she doesn't need the general to tell her who she is, who she can be and what she can do. And there's just like Sorry, what? Or for Mal to save her. Or for Mal to save her. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, when she's a kid, she relies on Mal. When she's, you know, now being discovered as Grisha, she relies on the general. And I think the show ended on that kind of note. Like, she's still falling back on somebody else. And in the books, it was just, it was a really great moment that just felt like, yep. Like, this is, this is the moment where you know, she comes into her own. And I thought the show missed that opportunity. I actually disagree. I I think that, um, I, I like the, the way that this was done because, um, first when they're, when they were kids, it was more the other way around as the way the show portrays it, that Mm -hmm. Ma was always the one getting picked on. And so regardless of the situation, um, Alina would come to, to help him out. And so it was kind of, the other way around until, you know, they got older and stuff. 
Um, Which is and funny she because was like, off for her race and her right. Yeah, she was always the the dirty shoe, right? Shoe yep. girl. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was so funny because all that, her, like she sure. would be the one that. Yeah, as kids saved him. Yeah, in the books, it's again the opposite. Mal is is the popular one, and Alina is uh, is not shunned. They don't really like. They don't really go into the other kids at the orphanage a whole bunch in the book series. Um, okay, but, yep. but Mal is still like popular the whole way through and it's Alina who, who's kind of the outsider. So I, I find it interesting that in this series, it's the opposite and then it's the opposite. You know what I mean? Like we start out with like Alina is Mal's protector. And then by the end of the series, like Mal is coming in to help save Alina. But in the book series, it's completely flip-flopped. I felt like there was such a balance, um, you know, because you're getting so many characters involved in the end on the ship there that it's yeah, easy for them, none of them to have anything to do. And so it's like an, it's like the, an Avengers fight. You know, yeah, what I mean? like everybody's going to have a moment. It was, but my, my problem with the final conflict was it was. I call it the ninja pill. There was a lot of movies where the protagonist is a complete bum through the first 95% of the movie, and then someone finally does him or her wrong, puts them over the line, and in a fit of rage, they're suddenly mm-hmm. able to take out the Green Beret squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, movie I can reference in this is uh, 28 Days Later. Or is it uh, Cillian Murphy is the main character? Is that right? Maybe not. Yep. Yeah, yes, I think okay. you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay, so he wakes up and the zombie apocalypse has happened and everybody's saving him and he meets a girlfriend and then they're taken in by the Green Berets. And the Green Berets are like Doctor bad who. and they, they, they take his woman, all right? They do him wrong and suddenly for his love, he will no longer be the pushover and now he's mm-hmm. the master of stealth and now mm-hmm. he's the master of assassination and he's not afraid of the zombies and he's more powerful so he took the ninja pill and ta-da the so the zombies are no longer so he's no longer afraid of the zombies and now he can thwart the green berets so in shadow and bone Mm -hmm. the volcra were this omnipotent force you couldn't go into the void and you had to hide in the shadows right and pray that they don't show up and kill you. But at the end, all of a sudden, all of the, the dregs, the crows are able to, I can hit them with my staff. I can shoot them with my gun. I can throw knives at them. And the Volcra are nothing. And instead of the Volcra being able to swoop in and kill everybody mm-hmm. seamlessly, like they don't miss. Suddenly at the end, they just happen to miss a lot. They miss so much. And yeah. then Mal and uh, uh, the general go flipping over the side and they're punching each other out and they're dodging Volcra. And like, if, if your creature is, well, that's a different one. The stormtroopers, that's the worst marksman. In the, <laughs> the green berets in 28 <laughs> days later, couldn't miss until they went yeah. after the guy with the ninja pill. And then they turned into storm stormtroopers. That's the other thing. There was a Star Trek movie with uh, Jean-Luc Picard and he's, you know, the Borg couldn't miss until they tried to shoot Jean-Luc and then he's cartwheeling out of the way and 
suddenly mm-hmm. these artificial beings with perfect marksmanship can't shoot the elusive geriatric. <clears throat> Sorry, Patrick Stewart, but it's, it's but yes, definitely here's another... common in, in everything. I mean, a yeah. lot of the villain is like, oh, their henchman disappoints them. Pow, shoot him square in the face. They're dead. And then they need mm-hmm. to shoot our hero and they can't they can't can't make it work. Or yeah. you, your your main guy is going and he's just like snapping everybody's necks and just like one punching them and they're dead. And then the villain is so amazingly, you know, they can knock, they can punch at each other until their teeth would be completely mm-hmm. gone and they're still fine. Yeah. Um, so Starship there's definitely Troopers is another or, example. Yep. Right? At the end, one shot, one kill in the beginning. They're just dumping hundreds of bullets yeah. into the monsters mm-hmm. and they're unstoppable. Oh, and now, oh, we're cornered. But fortunately, they're now uh, mm-hmm. no longer immune to our shots. <laughs> yep. Any any car belonging to a hero versus any car belonging to a villain. Heroes cars are always bulletproof and you can hit them and it's fine. The second you hit like the windshield of a villain's car explosion yep. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. One bullet car explodes. <laughs> I I still am very happy with the so you had um you know the uh Inej assassin, you know, mm-hmm. taking out people. And then you had the betrayal of the the one woman. Now I'm going to start the ship up again. So, yeah. We're going to go. Mm-hmm. We had uh, the six shooter, you know, popping off Jasper. rounds. Mm-hmm. We had Alina recognizing that she doesn't, you know, she doesn't, that the stag chose her and that she doesn't mm-hmm. need uh, a counterpart in this, that the power is hers. And then, you know, fortifying the the only way they can get through to safety is the the tunnel of light and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then and then uh, Mao paying off for otherwise, otherwise he'd be there and and useless. So he gets to pay. He gets the payoff of the very first thing. One of the very earliest things we see in the show is him fighting. He's Mm -hmm. put in the ring and he's fighting. And there's the the taunt of, hey, fight me, I have powers kind of thing. No, don't do it. You're not going to do it. Well, at the very end, then we get he has to fight injured against Mm -hmm. a dude with powers against Grisha. Right. And uh, and we so everybody feels like they get uh, something satisfying. Um, Otherwise, Mm -hmm. otherwise, I feel like if it was the other way around, they'd have to start removing people from this ship, start taking important people off. And that they could have done. You know, it comes down to execution, though. Like, if if we can believe, if our suspension of disbelief isn't violated, and there's a mm-hmm. way that we can understand why these schisms are happening, where you go from mm-hmm. the unstoppable Volcra to the mm-hmm. very vulnerable Volcra. Well, I think that's yep. something that's more easily resolved in the books because with the final scene. You know, it plays out a lot of the same where where the general um, is or the Darkling, as he's called in the book series, um, is using Alina's power to create like a tunnel through the fold right up until the point where Alina, you know, kind of controls her own power and then is like, 
yeah, I'm going to keep this like tunnel going, but I'm going to keep it going for me and Mal and like two other people. Let's okay. the shadow into the other part and the Volcra pounce with the accuracy and start mm, tearing yeah. into everybody else, including uh, the general slash the darkling in the books. So she becomes um, like Bruce, Bruce Leroy and uh, was it the last dragon? And she, Let's her soul glow. That's a deep reference for anybody who watched Kung Fu movies in, in the 80s. But yes, Sorry, at I didn't the end pick of the up movie, on that one. At the end of the movie, the protagonist, Bruce Leroy, finally believes in himself, and he realizes he is the master. He's been searching for the master. Yeah. So in this instance, Alina gets her soul glow, right? And yeah. She's master, and yeah. Yep. So yeah, they ripped it all off from Bruce Leroy. No, but it's uh it's a lot it's a lot easier to I think to swallow in the book series just because like it does make a lot more sense. Like you don't have to protect an entire ship full of people and like make it so that, you know, Jasper the six shooter is able to just like pick off Volcra and Inej can, you know, whip out the knives and whatnot. It's just it's a little bit easier because of course, again, it all comes down to Alina, her one power, and she's protecting herself, Mal, and like two other people. It's it's just like yeah, it's a lot yeah. less complicated. I could have been okay with that different different uh, setup or different handling. I, I think that they they didn't need. Um, I thought it was it was maybe a bit foolish, and they didn't need to have um, Kaz and everybody sneaking on to this ship. Um, that seemed like a foolish move to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if we had removed them from the situation and you'd had um, the one like general or whatever turn. And so uh, it was just Mao as a stowaway, this general and yeah. you know, the people that the, the, the envoys, the onlookers killed and stuff. And then just basically doing a line and someone kicking the general into the darkness or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The crows could have gotten to the ship well. another way. I felt like. You know what I mean? The, like I would have across the fold a different way. No, sorry. I mean to the ship at the end. Yeah, across the fold some oh, other way, yeah. and they could have gone to the to the sea like some other way. Like if we'd just been like, cool, you know, mission failed. Like we got to go refigure out something else to do, and now we're on this boat. Now we're still, you know, meeting Nina, and those two stories are going to converge. Like that would have been just fine with me, rather than like you say, having everybody on the same boat. Nah, I love the happy coincidence. Let's not make it too complicated. Let's have all the action happen because S is going to go down. Come on now. Let's <laughs> get it going. Ultimately. But now, now everybody's on the sh same ship again. No, you right. know what I mean? Like Everybody's on the same ship. If anybody is looking for these people, they're all right there. Ultimately, they're I have all to sharing say... An Uber. Like, they are. Um, so this show obviously has, I mean, like my notes are pretty long. I was kind of doing the Andrea stream of consciousness sort of <laughs> note taking as I went along. Um, my hallmark. I, I, I feel like there's a lot that we haven't even talked. I mean, there's, you know, obviously it's a whole, what, eight episodes. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot. Is there anything big or important that uh, we haven't talked about yet that we should get into. 
Um, the only things that I think we haven't really talked about so far seem to be pretty minimal or possibly not appearing in the second season, which I think is both the conductor, another new character, um, who, you know, not in the series, been... not in the, not in the novel, not in the novel. Really? So he's got, he's yeah. And he's like the, the, you know, the character I think of when I compare this show to like the Victorian industrial revolution, cause his Absolutely. little like steam engine that he's got going through the fold, I mean, is the epitome oh, yeah. of technology and what yeah, technology yeah, yeah. can do in this. So, you, so yeah, but he, but he obviously doesn't appear to be, you know, spoiler alert, uh, moving on into the second season, as far as we know, um, the, as far as his character goes. And as far as uh, John, you posted the link to, um, you know, Shadow and Bones season two officially got the renewal. You posted the link to the IMDb page. Half of the cast now has 16 episodes listed under their names and half of them do not. So I don't know if that's just who's confirmed so far or if that's like, nope, this is it from the original. These people aren't moving forward. We're getting new people. But the conductor is one of them. So much. Oh, wow. I agree. I I agree. Like, Like, it was so great, but he doesn't seem to be. technology effect. Like before, mm-hmm. they had to rely on magic and the and the skiffs to get her through the fold. And mm-hmm. now you have technology that can do the same thing right. as wizards. That's what we were talking right. about. That shows that closing the gap. And then plus, he adds the uh, political intrigue with the espionage. Yep. I yep. mean, wow, those books must suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, like I enjoyed the books, although they are a little bit more tweeny that I'm used to enjoying. <laughs> and and like you said, this could be part of a different series of books that mm-hmm. you haven't read in that world. Yes. Because if it's all Alina in the uh in the novels that you've read, yeah. then where mm-hmm. would the conductor come in and they're not right. bringing the dregs, the, the crows through the yep. fold. Okay. Exactly. So it could be. That'd be something that we should research, Alan. wow pete's making it work oh it's only because i you know i I hate it on podcasts when people bring up things that they don't know right and i feel like it's a lack of preparation Mm -hmm. but for me you're bringing up things that that i'm ignorant of because i haven't read the complete books i don't Mm -hmm. have that that uh, equity uh, unfortunately so i'm it's more fascination that you bring up and i want to be educated about it and not mm-hmm. remain ignorant. And only Alan can save me in a short time without me leaving the podcast <laughs> and do the typing. You know, but, you know, I love the I love what's confined to I love my knowledge confined to the show in a way too. I really I really made sure to not look up other things about mm-hmm. this. Like I wanted to know what the show gives me and mm-hmm. judge that based upon it. And not what I'd wished would be there, or I'm sure. glad that wasn't there, or something like that. Um, I'm, so I'm of the camp where it, there wouldn't be a show without the book, right? So mm-hmm. the, the the shows, uh, like Iron Man, uh, other other movies, uh, are are built on the the dollars spent on the original novels on the on the comics. Mm-hmm. And yep. then if you're like, oh, I'm going to make uh, a movie, you better, in my opinion, 
do a service to the people that gave you that opportunity. So mm -hmm. there's a there there are movies in the Marvel franchise, Iron Man three, where I just thought, here's a really good formula. Iron Man three, we're going to take all these ideas and these characters. I'm going to throw that away. I'm going to do my own thing. And uh, it, that movie failed for me in particular. So mm -hmm. while we John and I benefit by not having that hamstring us while watching this, I do feel like I hope it honors the readers. Because they're the core fans mm -hmm. uh, that got the show started in the first place. So, right. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think it does so far. Um, you know, like yeah. obviously I said, the the few things that I nitpicked were small. The overall spirit is there. Um, I do find it interesting that they're kind of meshing the two trilogies in some senses. You know, bringing the crows over from the Six of Crows trilogy. It's still set in the same universe, though, so it's not like a total, like, here's new characters, just, you know, smash and grab in there. Um, it's it's just like, okay, we're going to find a way to blend these two series. And it does add something um, in terms of, like, our investment in other characters. It adds, like, an enriching, like, backstory. It world builds for us, again, because in the books we only get Alina's perspective. So it does bring something to the series, and I think it it's nice that it stays um, true to the essence, even if, like, there were some things I didn't quite appreciate. They were small. Thanks. At, at what point do we tell the the viewers, the listeners, that they weren't really technical difficulties? We just had to take a couple bathroom breaks. As I had to go take a couple more shots, you know. Right. Just, uh, Johnny needed a refill. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just going over. You know, I I completely for I said earlier that I was going to talk about it because I had things to say. So I, we'll have to save it for another time, I suppose. Um, but yeah, big I Lebowski. Talk about the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. Drink just reminding me. Well, again. well, we're gonna have Let to read know. Pete's like whole treatise on the subject here, <laughs> and then like really get into it because i think you'd be doing a disservice to like know that it's out there like know these like you know pete's obviously got strong opinions and we just like gloss over it in like a five minute review well let me just say i i went into it with despite being excited for the actors and uh, having heard such good things i went into it with like mild expectations you know and I really liked it a lot. It was mm -hmm. it was very good. It exceeded my expectations, that's for sure. I think you will enjoy so. it even more on a second and a third and a fourth viewing. That's been mm -hmm. my experience. I get agreed. I can sit down and watch it just about any time, cocktail in hand or no. Mm -hmm. Enhanced yeah. was Alan? Enhanced? In hand. In I'm confused. Oh, oh. Enhanced? Is there an enhanced edition of uh, of uh, <laughs> the Big Lebowski, or am I missing missing something? Okay. I think he's making Joke. a, uh, you know, a daintily applied uh. chapstick. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Probably. Probably would be only enhanced for sure 
<laughs> Remember, yeah. Alan writes the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and John doesn't right. get them. Nope. <laughs> We've nope. all got our roles on the show. <laughs> That's right. Got to play the part. It comes naturally for me. John's like um, so innocent and naive over here. What does he mean? Is it enhanced? Is it digital Blu-ray? <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yes. All right. I won't. Uh, Gallifrey who said, uh, you know, people are always like getting on my case, you know, because, you know, I daintily apply chapsticks before every show. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I haven't heard that one before. I'm going to use that, though. Well, I ripped it off from him. You feel free to rip it off from me. Exactly. I will, sir. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been um, Popcast on the Rocks, episode 63, talking uh, about a lot of different things, but most specifically Shadow and Bone from Netflix. Hope that you've uh, seen it and enjoyed it. If you have differing opinions than our own, let us know. If we didn't talk about something that was critically important that we should have let us know um you can find us on twitter facebook youtube um here on twitch all that sort of thing um our we would like to thank our guest peter um <laughs> who for the video watchers are is uh showcasing something um is there anything that you would like to uh specifically plug or let people know what you're no, up to or where I, to find I, you? I, if you enjoy uh science fiction fantasy horror i do have some short story <clears throat> anthologies on amazon.com just look up peter j gilbertson i just showed a <clears throat> poster that i have for vampire autopsy and other tales uh if you are interested in that kind of thing check it out and i think you'll enjoy Mm-hmm. We are. Um, I have read all of them. I can suggest <laughs> all of them, and mm-hmm. we're hopefully having a show coming up at some point to uh, to talk about that a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, so we'll. Well, I can't wait to that, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. John Thank gifted me the uh, the uh, entirety of your works, and I'm excited to get started reading them. Wow, you got you got the opus. Nice. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I've got your whole oeuvre going on. <laughs> well, this is fun. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Glad yeah, you could bet. come on. <laughs> yeah, so um... digital sign your book. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You just Alan's sign the fan. back of my iPad. Yeah. You got it, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank you to Killing the Flower for a theme song. You can check out their works on Spotify, YouTube, and uh, Instagram. Thank you very much. And that'll do it for us. Thanks again for joining me, Andrea. Of course, as always. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. (laughs) 